0: Welcome to episode six of Stilettos and South. My name is Christy. I am your host and with me is Ryan. And Ryan, we have a lot to go over. This is probably the most random episode that we'll be recording.
1: Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. Uh, and, and it's going to be a little bit of a kind of get to know you, get to know me kind of a thing. Because in addition to All-Star Break, the Devils also had their... Um, I guess built-in bi-week kind of conveniently lie right around the same time. So we've had nothing happening. Nothing.
0: Yeah, the guys all, you know, went, you know, south for warmer weather. You can't blame them. I think Jesper Bratt actually just put up a picture of him and his girlfriend, the Berniers, Eric Hall and his wife, and Tatar and his girlfriend. So they were all together hanging out.
1: Can we confirm Timo Meyer is indeed with them?
0: I cannot confirm that information at this time, Ryan.
1: <laughs> Not. I've seen it everywhere, but I haven't like seen it myself. Um, I mean, honestly, it just sounds like a lot of European guys that like each other or who are all in Cancun together. But it, we can look deeper into that if we really want to. I think.
0: I mean, if we if people really want to get into it, I mean, every time the Predators come to Prudential Center, Siegenthaler and Nico are in the tunnel talking with Roman Yossi. So, I mean. Yeah. Like they it's a small league. Every, they've all played with each other at some level. Um, the only thing I'll say about this is just for our listeners, pay attention to the author of the article that you are reading from now up until the trade deadline.
1: That's the best advice that we could all give right now. We all know who gets this stuff right. We all know who jumps the gun. It's the same people every year until you see it from one of the few people that you trust Or, you know, uh, somebody like yourself or Ryan who's very plugged into the team. Other than that, I would avoid literally everything.
0: Yeah. Or you have to have the approach of I'm just reading it for fun. I'm not going to get angry or hostile that, you know, for me personally, I got someone that DM'd me that they were mad that my Florida Panthers article didn't include a Barkov trade because Barkov would help the team. And I was like, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's not realistic here, but (laughs) –
1: Sorry guy. (laughs) The best I can do there, man. I, I, you're really asking for a lot.
0: I mean, Um, I'm sure there's somebody out in the world that is going to probably have that as an article because (laughs) click is a real thing, unfortunately. So
1: yeah, that's, that's one of the joys you get to deal with and not me.
0: Oh, this, this time of year stresses me out for a lot of reasons, but one of them is we all know that Valentine's day is coming up. Yes. Not all of us are in on the holiday. Not all of us like it. It is what it is. But one of the questions that people had is, is a hockey game a good date idea? What is your initial thought? Yes or no?
1: Well, um, when I met my wife, uh, God, we met exactly 13 or 14 years ago at this point. Um, She had never been to a hockey game. And uh, I took her to literally one hockey game. And halfway through it, she looked at me and went, I don't know what's happening, but this is great. Uh, and we go to games all the time. We'll be at the game on Monday, actually. So.
0: So my answer to this is as a first date, which I have done a game as a first date before, I'm going to say no, because it is a commitment. This is a long time being with somebody that you don't really know.
1: Yeah. And if it was going poorly, would you pull the old, I got to go to the bathroom and just bounce?
0: Um, you know, I'm a very committed person to what I do. So I, I stay to the end. Um, but with that personal date story, the reason it was my first date, because some people may be thinking, why would you do that for a first date? It was a guy that I met on a dating app as you do nowadays. And he was like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be comfortable? And as somebody who worked in law and knows kind of like the scary parts of life, I wanted to go somewhere that I felt safe. And I said, what is safer than an arena of thousands of people? And I basically had every security guard's number on speed dial. (laughs) So I was like, if anything happens, I have people that can help me. And funny enough, one of the security guards, there was actually empty seats in his section. He no longer works at the arena. Um, He's -hmm. happily enjoying retirement. But he actually, I guess, like snuck or got us into these seats. And literally it was... My date, me, and then the security guard. And we were right behind the devil's bench. So and like I basically had a security guard with me on my date.
1: That's kind of cool, actually. That's like that's that's some clout there. That's pretty sweet.
0: It was, yeah. I mean, there was no love connection. And at the end of the game, he didn't even hug me goodbye. He was just like, wow, those were really great seats. And then he just booked it to the train, didn't even walk me to my car in the parking
1: lot. <laughs> um, so classy. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, it I was not so uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, it was not a good date. It was just kind of like you throw up the peace sign and you're like, thanks for the free seat. And you're like, outdoor. Um, so it was not a good date. But I also had people that were messaging me saying that it is a good date idea. And I have another story for this. And there's another writer that used to write for the Devils who had a very similar experience. Sometimes when you put people in certain situations, you see a quality about them that you might not realize if you didn't mm-hmm. put them into that environment.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's everybody kind of gets you put in a comfortable situation or anything like that. It's kind of just awkward usually.
0: Right. So this was a might even like date three or four. I went out with him to dinner for a couple of times and we ended up going to the Devils game. because I knew that at that point I was a huge fan of hockey Mm -hmm. and he seemed like a, a very nice guy, very respectful, you know, kind and we went to the game. And again, I had a lot of friends that worked the arena. So at one point we went at intermission to say hi to my friends. And this guy who was so nice and respectful turned very possessive very, very quickly.
1: Wow.
0: And was very much like trying to be alpha in front of a guy who I've been friends with, platonic friends with for years. And it yeah. didn't look good. It didn't look good to me. It didn't look good to my friend. We were both like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're the one that's on a date with her, not me. Why are we becoming so possessive in this moment? And it left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I realized I would not have known that about him until I put him in an environment with my friends. So I'm like, if I didn't do the game, how many dates would I have gone on to get to this point? And yeah,
1: you would have ended up there eventually.
0: Yeah. It's just how much time would I, have, I don't want to say wasted, but how much time, you know, I can't think of another word right now. So how much time would I have wasted? And he would have wasted too, because obviously we weren't a match and this guy yeah. was, you know, he was looking for a wife. So it was really just a way it would have been a waste of both of our time to be completely honest. Um, but the other writer was telling me that for him, he took a girl that he was seeing on a date to Madison Square Garden for a Devils Rangers game. And she was very, very quiet, very soft-spoken. Mm -hmm. through the game and you found a whole different side of her that almost that led to them almost getting jumped on their way out to the game oh no flip the switch oh oh am sorry but nobody wants that i've been
1: i've been uh i've been put in that situation a couple of times um uh, my my wife no longer drinks but there were a couple of situations one of which was outside of penn station in newark where I thought I was in a, oh God, something's going to happen situation. And that is just not fun.
0: And it has to be awful for the guy. Cause you're like, I'm not overly committed to this part. Like this isn't my wife. This isn't my girlfriend, but now. I'm like, oh, it was I'm my wife. I was opposite. In. Yeah. So <laughs> I think my advice to the people that are questioning if a hockey game is a good date is I think we can agree first date, probably not.
1: Yeah. First date. No. But if you've got a connection with somebody Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of working for you. The spectacle of seeing live hockey is wild. The first time, like seeing somebody see hockey for the first time is genuinely one of the coolest experiences ever.
0: It is. And my only advice would be, I think it has to either be two casual fans or two like really committed fans. Because the thing that irks me is while the puck is in play and I'm watching the action on the ice, don't annoy me by asking me what my favorite color is. No, two, no, 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 no. There's two intermissions that you can get all your like your questions in. So I think too, if you are a diehard fan and you're taking a girl or a guy that's not into the sport, just be prepared that you're either going to be casually watching the game and focusing your attention on that person, or you know you got to figure out the the vibe of the room.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Before we went to a Devils game, uh, Ashley had seen me watch a Giants game on television. So she kind of knew what was going to happen there. And on the way to the game, I had a nice conversation with her. I was like, here's the deal. I'll explain the game to you while the game is happening, but nothing else. And she's pretty good about it, even to this day. Like, she'll be like, so why did he do that? And I'll give her a quick explanation. And she goes, oh, okay. And that's yeah,
0: it. see, my husband refers to himself as like a bump on a log when he goes to games with me. He just doesn't talk to me because he knows I have to go through my own thing and do my own process. Um, oh, yeah. so he's just physically there for support, but leaves me alone while the puck is in play. Um, which leads me to, somebody wanted to know what got us into hockey. You can go first because my story is very boring.
1: Yeah, mine's not that interesting either. Um, I just, I've been on skates since I could walk. It's that simple. Um, I neither of my parents played hockey. both my parents could skate they were both Division one uh, athletes in college. Uh, so I my fairly athletic background um, but you know we would go skating on the local pond. Um, we spent a lot of time in the Adirondacks in the winter and you know if you can't skate up there they look at you like you have 10 heads. So it was just kind of one of those things that you had to do and then um, I was actually on the first ever uh, Harding Madison recreation hockey team there was no youth hockey in madison when i was a little kid um and so you had to play for another town and um i never played competitive hockey because like half the reason you play sports as a kid is to play with your friends and if your town doesn't have a team they literally just put you in this pool and they pick your name out of a hat and you're like you play for dover now or you play for jefferson or whatever the, the team is um and as soon as there was a madison hockey team that's when i started playing competitive hockey and um I played into my college years. I did not play in college, but I played men's league uh, in Burlington, Vermont in the early 2000s. It's the reason I've got one and a half fake teeth. Um, Because when you're when you're 21 years old and you say, hey, do I have to wear a cage? And the guy looks you in the eyes and goes, son, you don't even have to wear an eye shield. You go, "Ooh, (laughs) I did wear an eye shield, um, but I did not wear a cage. And and fun fact, if you knock a tooth out, it doesn't hurt. But if it's dangling there, it hurts like a son of a bitch.
0: Oh, that's something interesting that I would have never known. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, if it comes totally
1: out, it doesn't hurt at all. Uh, But if it's partial, woo, baby.
0: So I think the biggest misconception is everyone thinks that I got into hockey because I dated somebody at some point in my life who liked hockey. That is absolutely false. I went to a game with a friend at the time. And she brought me, and I was hooked. And that is literally the end of the story. My only connection was one of my friends I am still close with in high school, used to babysit John Madden's children. That's so awesome. I went man. To the game, knowing who John Madden was and his kids, Tyler and Reese. Um, but other than that, I taught myself everything that I needed to know. I'd go on YouTube, watch like the old Stanley Cup teams. And yeah, I went to one game and that was just it. The speed, the great. play, I just love it. it. was just love at first sight. It was really but
1: it, it happened to you then too. You saw the game and we're like, what is happening here? This is yes. wild.
0: Yeah, I didn't know the players. I didn't know that that crazy was like a thing or David Clarkson was a thing. It was just watching on the ice. And I was, that's it. That's the it's end of the story.
1: Um, statistically, I think hockey. Uh, attendance-wise skews way more female than the rest of the three major sports. I don't know the number in front of me, but I know it's a significant difference.
0: It's just, for me, I think it's more entertaining because I think it's just, everything's just so much faster um, than if you go sit at a baseball game or something like that. Like, there's just so much happening. And it's one of those sports too, where I feel like you're always learning something new or you're seeing something different than you did the game before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the games where it is it is it's a completely different game on television than it is in person. Like you can't watch it on TV and really understand what's happening. If you've never been to a game, cause you've no idea all the things that are happening like to the left or right of the camera.
0: Exactly. You don't know what's happening away from the pop. And sometimes that's like the biggest thing when you're watching it in person. Now, another question we got asked was, are there any players or teams that you like watching besides the devils? So for me, I like watching the division rivalry games. Personally, I like seeing those kind of intense, uh, physical matchups. And I think the Buffalo Sabres are a lot of fun to watch.
1: It's funny. The Sabres and Devils tend to go in cycles together. I remember back when, uh, the early two thousands years when Dominic Hasek and Brodor were kind of always going at it. I always feel like the Devils and Sabres kind of come in and out of things at the same time. Um, it's, it's weird. I, I've always kind of paid attention to uh, Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a kid, when the Nordique moved from Quebec out to, to Colorado, the first time you saw that logo, you were like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was always like a fun rivalry with Patrick Wah and Marty Berdor. So I kind of always paid attention to them. Um, and uh, I'm a sucker for the combination of royal blue and yellow. So I've always loved the St. Louis Blues uniforms. Uh, so like whenever they're on TV it just catches my eye but as far as players to watch um, honestly my favorite player to watch is on my favorite team which is kind of great it's Jack Hughes but Mm -hmm. like you can't go wrong watching McDavid play watching Sidney Crosby as much as people like to give him the business he does things the right way Uh, I loved watching Yager even before he was a devil there was just something about Yarmer Yager with that slick cool like he was never fast Mm -hmm. but he was always awesome Um, but like Current players, my favorite current players on my favorite team. A lot of my favorite players are on my favorite team. I like Dawson Mercer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Dougie a lot. Uh, you know, I don't really spend a lot of time obsessing about uh, other people's nice things, I guess, is the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, I mean, I've never been shy of saying that, you know, going back years, my favorite players are Jonathan Taze, Eric Carlson, a big Roman Yossi fan and what he can do. But they're, they're you're right, like Connor McDavid, you'll never – you always are going to watch Connor McDavid because you're always yeah. curious what he's going to do. Kale McCarr is another player that you're just going to watch to see what he can do. Um, but yeah, I think in the position that I'm in, it's not necessarily who you're a fan of; it's just a good game. Like I want to watch a good hockey game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A good game is always paramount. Um, there's a few things that people have talked about in the All-Star break as far as what what they player-wise would like to see happen. Um, one of them was the, I think Jack and Connor McDavid are both openly talking about a, uh, 10 minute three on three overtime, get rid of the yeah. shootout. Yes. I think that would, would, when you're talking about an exciting game, I think there's, there's nothing worse than it going to the shootout and both teams kind of having that body language of like, well, I guess we're going to do this now. Like they don't, no one seems like they want to do it anymore. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it be an exciting game.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what Jack said. That he's like, you know, nobody really wants to go into a shootout. And I think, I think the shootout peaked during the Olympics when you saw what TJ Oshie did. Like that was dramatic. That was yeah. very, that was attention grabbing. But I feel like that's the peak of it. And now I think I, I don't want to speak for most fans, but it sounds like most fans are kind of just over it at this point. And obviously, if you have a goaltender that's a little iffy, you're not going to want your team going to a shootout. Yeah,
1: and it, I think people also get lost in the uh, in the soccer shootout thing, but you got to remember at that point those guys have played 90 minutes of regular time plus stoppage time plus whatever the heck they play in the overtime, and uh, that's a lot of running. <laughs> it's a totally different thing because if you get out there playing three-on-three, I'm always impressed that games can even go to the shootout playing three-on-three, but then you see them play real conservative and they're like, all right, let's just kill this time and get to the shootout. And
0: just, eh, eh. Yeah, you want the creativity of the players.
1: Yeah, I don't like it.
0: Um. Okay, these are going to be two quick ones. Okay. Favorite music?
1: Oh, the world's going to hate me right now. I'm one of those fish people. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yep, I, I go to a few fish shows a year, uh, mostly like jam music and stuff. Uh, I am a musician, too. Uh, I've, I've moved myself and my camera here. You can. I got a whole mess of guitars on the wall here.
0: I can um, confirm there are plenty of guitars. Now. Lots of
1: yeah, though no, like
0: yeah. not a
1: not an appropriate amount of guitars. Um so yeah, I'm really into like guitar-based music, but yeah, fish or jambando from upstate New York called Mo. I've been seeing them 119 times since 2002. So
0: yeah. Okay. I what's your I'm gonna say? Go- yeah, what are you gonna go see yeah, I'm gonna go the opposite. So I listen to really anything and everything except for rap. I'm not a big rap fan. Okay. Uh, but honestly, it really depends on my mood. Like, my library is so all over the place. Like, I have everything from, like, Iron Maiden to, like, pentatonics and instrumentals and acapella. And there's everything in between. I have, I've never missed a Justin Timberlake concert dating back to when he was 17 years old playing with Insane. So I'm pretty sure that I have funded at least one of his children's college education (laughs) at this point.
1: Were you at the Starland Ballroom show on the Future Sex Love Sounds tour?
0: I was not at Starland Ballroom but I was oh. at um oh god what Brooklyn what's the Brooklyn Arena that I'm blanking on
1: right now what, I mean was it Barclays? Yes,
0: that's where it was. Yeah,
1: yeah I know for early on when he left in sync and he he did the the Future Sex Love Sounds with yep. uh, with Timbaland I believe it was at the time it was. He, it was kind of like he wasn't doing arenas so he actually came through and played at Starland Ballroom in New Jersey which if anybody knows Starland Ballroom it's not a it's not a big joint. Like when you hear Justin Timberlake in Starline Ballroom, it doesn't make sense, but he did play there.
0: Yeah, I saw that concert, that specific tour, I saw at Continental Airlines Arena, which obviously Devils fans are very familiar with.
1: Oh, yeah. I actually saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers at Continental. Uh, it was the video they recorded the uh, for Snow. Really? They recorded that at Continental, and me and my buddies were at that show.
0: Guys, we're providing you so many fun facts in this episode. I know, right? Well, at least Ryan is. I don't think I am, but I think Ryan is <laughs> doing some doing all the heavy lifting there and then the last concert i saw my husband and i for our anniversary went to go see one republic who actually puts on a phenomenal show as well
1: i would believe that yeah um there's a reason that a lot of people become big pop stars it's because they're good at what they do and what they do is put on a show um it's a different thing than um going to see like a uh, guy like joe Bonamassa, who's going to come out and play blues guitar and play all these sweet instruments from the 50s it's not like It's a totally different thing. And it doesn't mean that it's not as valuable, right? Like I'd go see The weekend in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, I would too. I honestly, it's just a gamble whenever you get into my car of what's going to come on the radio or come on my iPod. It's it's scary at some point because it's very humiliating when certain songs come on with certain people. (laughs) That's good. I had uh, my, so when I worked in law, my boss went and like borrowed my car, I think. He needed to go to court for something. Uh-huh. And I didn't know what and it was back when like we did CDs, and I didn't know what CD was in my car because at that point, I was like plugging in my phone, listening to my phone. So he didn't know. and he put the seat C- he like put the CD in and it was um, it was like hardcore metal. and he was so confused. That's so amazing. baffled by what was happening because of course it was the volume was up to like forty five. it was blasting. And then he goes to the next track and it was. Don't Rock the Boat, that song from, like, the 70s. <laughs> For one, I So, lo- one, I probably came off like I was bipolar, because it was just such a- <laughs> song. And he comes in, and he looks at me, he's like, Christy? And I didn't even know what CD he was talking about, and then I remembered that a guy that I went on, like, two dates with in college burnt me a CD, because that's what they did back in the day. And that was, that was just the order of the CD. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm really, it works out because I'm really angry when I'm driving to work. And then I'm really happy at five o'clock when I get to go home.
1: So, <laughs> That's hilarious. Are you old enough to to have played the recorded off the radio game where you like sat there with your boom box and waited for a song to come on and then quickly hit record. <laughs> I
0: was on the cusp of that. I remember my mother doing that all the time. <laughs> have like, Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit, saying Britney Spears, like, back like, in their prime. Oh, I remember her playing so and recording it off of the, uh... I feel like we just lost listeners because everyone's like, these guys are way too <laughs> old for me.
1: You just huh. made me feel very, very old.
0: But, yeah, a memory has just been unlocked. So, oh, yeah. if you can recommend one binge-worthy show to Devil's fans, what show is it?
1: Oh, boy. Um... I'm going to have to do two because I got to go one drama and one comedy because it's really not, it's Mm -hmm. really not fair. Um, for, for a comedy, it's gotta be always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, just, there's something about that like creepy dark show that really works for me. Um, like if I, if I watched that with my wife, she can do one, like two or three episodes and she's like, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, this kind of makes me feel alive. Um, and so there's that. And then, um, and then the other one would probably have to be uh, The Wire. It's, prob- it's probably the best show ever made. It's either that or The Sopranos. Um, but just the way The Wire works and the the entry into that show where you're the first three episodes of the first season, you're like, what in the hell is this? What am I watching? And then the fourth episode, it all comes together and you're like, oh, my God, don't turn this off. Don't ever turn this off.
0: I agree with your wife as far as it's always sunny. I, I think I got to the episode where they were like trying to tan the baby. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm done. I, this is not. The <laughs> um, additionally, I am from New Jersey born and raised. I've never seen the Sopranos. I've never seen a single episode. So shame on me. And that my-
1: is the absolute shame.
0: I know. But I do know where they, I know the locations of where they filmed. I just never actually watched the show. It's on my list. It's on my list of things to do. Um, <laughs> but my binge-worthy show is Sons of Anarchy because I feel like a lot of people don't watch that show. And if you know, you know.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's one of the ones that I was on from the beginning when I met Ashley. She had to catch up. So mm-hmm. I rewatched, like, I think it was the first four seasons of that show. That's a good one. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that at
0: Currently, it's actually on in my living room. I think my husband's stuck watching it for, like, the third time. (laughs) It's one of those shows. It is one of those shows, too, where In the Wire might be the same. If you're going to watch it, you can't just pick random episodes. Like, Friends, Bang Theory. You can pick, like, a random episode and just, it'll, like, fulfill you. These kinds of shows, you're watching beginning to end. You're starting at the pilot and you're ending at the finale. And you're committed for that time frame, however many times that you watch it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So... Somebody asked me, and this I'm sorry, Ryan, This you, you already know this story, but somebody asked me what my journey was from law to sports reporting, because yeah. it doesn't really make a lot of sense to the it, to doesn't all.
1: All. <laughs> it doesn't at all. It
0: doesn't. So I have a journalism degree. I have an associate's degree. And the reason for that was, one, I paid my own way through college. And uh, two, I just felt that it was one of those degrees where networking was going to be more valuable than a degree which was just my own personal uh, choice and decision. So when I was finishing up my degree, there was a law firm down the street and I went and applied for a part-time job because it was close to college and it worked with the schedule of my classes and I needed a job. Mm -hmm. I ended up kind of getting, I don't want to say stuck, but I ended up like, you know, like life costs money. So I ended up just staying with that and kind of writing on the side and just kind of writing as my passion project and just working in law. And then all of a sudden 10 years went by. And my goal in life was to always introduce myself as a writer. And even when people talk to me, they like, oh, you're a reporter. And I always say I'm more of a writer because that was just always the dream for me. That's just personally what I always wanted. And I ended up uh, very stressed at my job. Uh, mental health was, was affected to a certain degree. Um, and my husband noticed it. And my husband was like, you know what? He's like, quit the job. He's like, just try writing. What's the worst that can happen? you go back and you work in another law firm or you work in another office. Cause at this point I had enough experience to go into any office that I really wanted to. Yeah. And he was the one that really pushed me to take a risk. And the funny story of how life works out was I always, I'm not a risk taker, even though maybe it seems like I am. And my job was just at a point where I was just like, I'm done. I And, and I'm the kind of person where when I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> There's just in everything and jobs, like relationships. Once I hit my wall, done, I'm out. So yeah. I said to him, I said, look, I'm going to quit. I don't have anything lined up, but I think it's going to be okay. And right before, right before I quit, I applied to a couple writing sites, but nobody got back to me. So I really had nothing lined up and I ended up calling my boss. I quit at like 6.07 on like a Wednesday And at 8.03, I had an email from the hockey writers setting me up with my trial to start writing for them.
1: That's great. That's super cool.
0: So I really, I had no plan of life for about two hours. And then the (laughs) hockey writers showed up and I started doing that. And now I have the credential and, you know, which really, like, I I honestly owe that company, like, everything. So I don't know where I would be. I definitely wouldn't have a credential doing what I'm doing right now. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's Um, really cool. But yeah, so I bet on myself, my husband bet on me and here we are.
1: Yeah, that's great when things like that work out. Um, We had a similar thing where uh, Ashley was unhappy doing what she was doing and she worked in restaurants in college and started to get back into that. And then I was fixing cars and got out of that and figured out like, how can I get in the beer business? So like, I know what it's like to bet on yourself. It's terrifying, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's super gratifying when it works out. So if anybody's listening and they're like, damn you know i really want to do this thing and what i'm doing really sucks and i really you know i'm i I liked it at one point maybe or i don't like it now just do it do you're never going to have another chance to to do you essentially so always take the chance in yourself
0: yeah and i i understand that you know there's certain ways like not everyone's just going to take like a full out risk because you know there's bills people have cars and apartments and houses they have to pay for but there's always ways to kind of make two things work, whether it's just a hobby at first and then you're doing your job. The really at the end of the day, it's all about finding happiness and writing to me always brought me happiness. And I was just such a miserable person working at the end, working in law that it affected my home life. And my ther- and I, I'm a big therapist advocate. I think it's always great to talk to like an unbiased third party. And my therapist mm-hmm. even said to me before I did the job, cause like she was pushing me to quit too. And she goes, what you're doing right now, she goes, you're trying to put a circle into a square. Like, it has nothing to do with your ability to do the job. It's just not for you. It's not working. Um, So, yeah, there is one takeaway from this, besides that if your tooth is dangling out of your mouth, it hurts like a son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Go and just try, just try, just try and experience, like, new things and just see if it works. And at the end of the day, you can always go back to, you know, your comfort zone and what you know.
1: Yeah, I mean... it's everything's finite you never know um so to not take the chance i think is worse than taking the chance and uh, also you know failure breeds success you're gonna fail at things you're gonna screw things up um and if you don't learn from it then you really did fail so
0: yeah i mean my philosophy and i always tell people whenever i see it in the press box is they're always like oh like how's your season going i said my goal is to just be better than the day before or like the game before That's my only goal, like small goals, we'll get there when we get there. But as long as I'm better, then we're moving in the right direction. To wrap this up, what <laughs> our pre-game routines are gonna look very different. I have a feeling <laughs> your pre-game routine is gonna involve alcohol when mine, wow. mine involves like sushi. But real quick, what is your pre-game routine? If
1: I'm going to the game, typically I'll take a train. Um, I live, i have established, I live in Madison. Uh, It's funny, I do live in the town I grew up in. I live in the house I grew up into, which makes it extra weird. Um, So I will take a train to Broad Street, which usually involves crushing three beers on the train. Uh, Every so often, I've got a fourth in my pocket. So when the light rail comes, I've got a beer for the light rail. Then I'll go to the arena. I'll get to wherever I'm going to sit. I'm usually sitting in section 124 or 123. I like those spots because you can... If you're me, you can get up, pee, get a beer, and get back to your seat before the game starts. But I wear my Black Jack Hughes T-shirt and a black Under Armour under whatever jersey the Devils are wearing that day. Uh, mm-hmm. I've actually texted you before and be like, "Hey, do you know what jerseys they're wearing today? I saw them in black socks. They are in the black jersey tonight. Uh, yeah. The only jersey I won't wear is the abomination with the blue. Can't do it. Um, but yeah, I'll wear exact. If they wear that at home and I'm going to the game, I'll wear my away uh, sweater but I, I have to wear the same color that the team is wearing uh and if the opposing team has like a color in it that i would normally wear i won't touch that color that day if we're playing the rangers like i won't wear any giants stuff that day i won't wear my giants hat i won't touch anything that's that color blue like it's it's a whole that's it's a whole thing
0: <laughs> yeah see i don't have that many superstitions when it
1: comes to- <laughs> it's a whole thing dude
0: i'm looking at this pregame routine as if it's a home game And normally I would love to go to the morning skate, but I need someone to watch my dog Milo. And if nobody watches Milo, then I'm not at the morning skate. So I do not go nearly as much as I would like to. But my normal game day is I wake up, I try to have breakfast because I'm very, um, I'm very focus oriented and I've explained this to people that if I'm focused on doing something, I will skip a meal not because of calories or oh, anything yeah. there is garbage like that. Like I will eat junk food all day, every day, but if I'm focused on something I won't eat. So a lot of times on game days, I only eat like one thing a day because I'm so distracted, just kind of prepping for everything. So I make food a priority on game days for that reason alone. So I get up, I have breakfast and I do my game day prep, which usually takes me a couple hours depending on how quick I have to get through it. But the team sends us, you know, game day material to go through um, if I'm not at the morning skate, I go and I watch all the videos that both the Devils and their opposing, uh, their opponent, you know, uh, posted on their website so I can get a feel for how, you know, the players are and feel about the matchup. Um, and I always try to look for fun facts that I can tweet throughout a game. Because I always say I'm like a color commentator tweeter. Like, I hate doing play-by-play for, for live tweeting.
1: It's impossible. Just,
0: it's, one, it's impossible. It's Two, impossible. It's impossible you're going to go to the app anyway. Like the NHL app will give you all of that. So I always try to add something more fun to when I live tweet that maybe is not really as well known as just, oh, like, you know, so-and-so, you know, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with live tweeting is really what it comes down to. Everyone in the press box knows I absolutely despise it. Um. Then I try to sneak in a workout because it just helps with my anxiety and it just puts me in a better headspace going to the arena. Usually grab lunch. Most of the time, it's a green smoothie. I'll prep for an article so I know what quotes I need and what I need from the game. I grab sushi. That is consistently my pregame meal. And fun fact, I saw the coaching staff walk out with their dinner one night. And Lindy Roth also had sushi. So birds of a feather you know, flock together.
1: Is that from a specific spot or do you get that at the arena?
0: So I actually will stop at the same place that's on my way down because what I have to do is I – my my game day is so hectic. I drive down to my parents' house, which is on the way to Newark. Mm-hmm. I drop my dogs off for my husband to pick them up because again, Milo can't be alone. And then I'll eat my dinner, and then I'll drive. To, then I'll go to the arena. So it's like a two-stop situation every time I gotcha. go to the Universal center. Um, and then it's like just a matter of like just getting ready and heading to the arena. But it's usually a very chaotic day. My days when they're away are much calmer and much more like meditative the way I like them. But
1: yeah, I'd just- imagine. I'd imagine. Yeah. My, my, my game day is like getting myself geared up to scream at people. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, i I will, yeah. I will absolutely yell at the ice. I will yell at the refs. Um, if your children are in front of me, I'm sorry. I had a guy turn around and stare at me during a Giants game. So yeah, I may or may not have, have wished for somebody to die in a tire fire and a guy turned around and stared at me. And I just looked right at him and was like, turn around, man.
0: This See, not- I feel like that's, that's a little dramatic, Ryan.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, again, there's only 16 football, now 17, because we've screwed that up, too. Um, There's only so many games a year, and it uh, it was the Giants game where they retired Eli Manning's number, and we were playing Atlanta, I believe it was. And there was just like, I forget what the just egregious, just egregious call was. Um, and everybody was giving the ref the business and, and yeah, you know,
0: So it probably
1: shouldn't have, but it did. Your kid was at a Giants game in the upper level. Sorry.
0: I mean, this is the difference though, right? Like that's the, like, that's the, mo- like, that's what fans are looking to do while I'm sitting here oh, yeah. I'm trying to become an expert on, you know, the opposing team and every milestone that could possibly happen and what, you know, anything that I need to know ahead of the game so I can give fans like the best content that they can get.
1: I need to know, well, you don't need to know it anymore, but it used to be like, all right, who's their goon? When's it going to go down?
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> we don't, thankfully that's not, yeah, I don't have to check that out. The only stat that I was mad this season that I did not keep up with is how many disallowed goals uh, Stiegenthaler had. I was like, that should have been written in my binder. Story. Yeah.
1: But I didn't he have it. A few. He's got a few. Uh, in regard to the fighting thing in hockey, though, I'm I'm still staunchly pro fighting in hockey. Uh, strictly for the fact of they're skating around at 30 miles an hour with razor blades on their feet and weapons in their hands. And at some point they've got to be able to police themselves a little bit. I just Mm -hmm. think it's a little bit of a different situation than other sports. Plus if you've ever tried to throw a punch on skates, it's hard, man. It's really hard.
0: I mean, I can't even stop on skates because, (laughs) Um, but we're going to actually have to cut it because we're already done with our get to know your host episode. We are. And now I get to sit with a glass of wine and watch the all-star skill competition, which is my absolute favorite. I like the skills
1: competition significantly better than the game. The skills competition's always been great.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got to I you understand why the players play the game the way they do. You don't want to get injured in something like that when the playoff oh, race is just heating up. But I honestly, my idea is give them two days of, of uh, skills, but we will talk about that another day and we will see you guys next week.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good teaser there. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys.